0: Network.
1: Hi, this is Devin Terrell of the Free Press Network. Today we bring you another episode of The Scholarly Warrior. In this episode, the main topic of conversation is the
0: book Ninja, A.D. 1460 to 1650 by Osprey Publishing. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the Scholarly Warrior. How are you guys doing today? And how are you, Mr. Daniele? All good, my man. Yeah. What have you, what have you been up to today? Have you let, they let you out of the dungeon?
0: No, I live in the dungeon constantly. I don't get out ever.
1: No, I think your Italian skin needs a little bit of sun every
0: once in a while.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, they just... They cart me out in chains for my hour of fresh air and then I go back in. There you go back in.
1: Very nice. That's good. I'm glad they got you working. <laughs> have you have you, you watched anything, uh, read anything, uh, anything of note?
0: I watch, uh, I watch uh, Wind River. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, I don't really watch many movies because especially a couple of reasons. One, I don't have time because I'm in the dungeon working all the time. Two, I've um, you know most of the talent has migrated away from movies and to TV series, so quality has gone down a lot in the last few years. But um, but I found Wind River. Wind River is a really really good movie, powerful, intense as hell, but uh, really good. What what's
1: the what's the concept? What's the theme or, or
0: kind of uh, a mystery about uh the disappearance of american indian women on reservations in this case it's just one particular case so heavy really heavy but wow uh, that's, very well done
1: that does sound heavy much uh, wind river is that right yep, yep. river Okay, I'm writing it down to, to take to take a look at it. Of course, that's a big deal up here in Canada right now. That whole uh, uh, we're doing a, a, a truth and reconciliation uh, thing with uh, Native Americans, so uh, uh, it's very timely. So maybe I'll take th- bring that to my daughter and my wife's attention.
0: So yeah, uh, watch it once. Think about how it's really heavy.
1: It is it okay?
0: I'll give I'll give it a go. Uh, I, on the
1: other hand, have done uh, some research into our theme today, which is of course ninjas. Uh, I watched the Thirteen Assassins, which I thought at first was a ninja story, but it turned out to be a samurai story. Uh-huh. And I have you seen that? I think that's one of my favorite samurai movies now. Actually, Thirteen Assassins. Oh, yeah, it was very well done. That was really yeah. good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. It was very uh, uh, Japanese and just really, uh, really awesome. Re- really honorable, you know what I mean? Like they, it was real, really, uh, real heroes in that movie. Yeah, it was very uh, fun. I dug it. Yeah, and I also watched Ninja Assassin uh, just recently, also, which is a modern day ninja show, which uh, was full of hands flying through the air and that kind of. Have you seen that one? I missed out on that one. Okay, you'll have to, you'll have to get without a goal. Um, also, uh, uh, for me, I just got a, uh, I've got Greenleaf Terrain to commission me some gaming stuff. I got them to build a Japanese uh, town in a suitcase. So when I do come down to you w- to visit you, I'm going to bring Test of Honor and and uh, uh, for Games, so we can go over that and play that down there. Wait, sound excellent. Okay, good. Let's let's. Uh, Def- definitely into that So anyway uh, oh, Before we go Before we get into this whole ninja thing I'd like to give a shout out to our intro Outro band Hit Dog Holler uh, Check them out And uh, they have some awesome bluesy awesomeness And I'm really digging uh, Bon Santé I think Is the name of the song Something like that Anyway uh, B-O-N-N-E-S-A-N-T-E Awesome band Give them a go so let's just, just drive straight into this stand uh, Let's talk about, so today we're going to talk about Ninja AD 1460 to 1650, published by Osprey Games, uh, by Stephen Turnbull, and illustrated by Wayne Reynolds. Uh, you can get the book, uh, paperback, 13 bucks and uh, with various e-formats, about 11 bucks USD. Uh, what is the book cover? Covers daily life, training, hiring, and secret operations operations of these well known assassins. So, um, I, I thought maybe we would talk about our favorite ninja stories prior to reading the book. The book, just to kind of get it going.
0: Do you want to? Do you do you have any favorite ninja stories? Sure, there is one that's unfortunately gets to be demystified within this book, but the myth of this story is just too cool. uh, It's by far my favorite. It's the story of the assassination of this warlord uh, known as uh, Wesuji Kenshin. And uh, the thing about Kenshin is that the story has it that ninjas were sent out to kill him, but they were busted and they were killed. So that didn't work out. But supposedly the brother of one of these ninjas decided, okay, my brother got killed and couldn't get the job done, so I'm gonna go in and try to get the job done myself. And the brother was supposedly this dwarf ninja who was uh, climbed his way within the castle, made his way into the sewers, climbed up, and when uh, the warlord sat down to do his business or squatted rather, since there were no toilets. Uh, the guy from below use a periscope spear to impale him and kill him before disappearing again into the sewer I mean, how do you beat you know, angry dwarf ninja on the revenge mission, that's just too good
1: <laughs> Full of climbing through crap and uh, other nastiness to, or, or in order to get his job done yeah, that's must- the genius right there <laughs> That's, uh, uh, that's really a pain in the ass. Literally. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, he talks about that. Let's, uh, um, for me, I I really like the story of, um, Michizoki Chiyome. She's the only female ninja that, uh, we have written accounts of. And she, uh, created a house for orphans, uh, victims of, uh, war for prostitutes, orphans, and, and that kind of thing, uh, Victimized girls, basically. And, but it was not only an orphanage, it was also the ability to train them in espionage and, and assassination. And uh, that's, I think, how learned. all orphanage should be reformed to fit that. I think so. I think so. Annie would be a good ninja. What do you think? I dig it. Let's do it. Right? She's, 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 uh, she's a uh, singer, you know, and knows how to sing and dance. I think that would be I think that would be perfect actually. That would be a great play.
0: I agree. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so she
1: she had like 300 followers, they were disguised as bar girls or Miko, which are like a wandering pilgrim, holy women, that type of thing, uh, or noble women. and they all learned how to read and write, which I really like the fact that uh, back even back then, they needed that skill in order to be effective spies. So, uh, and then when her patron dies, uh, Chiome and her 300 operatives disappear and are never heard
0: from again, ninja style, so
1: as you would expect from a ninja that's right <laughs> so the 300 of them disappear wouldn't that be a great uh, novel or book or yeah I like I th- definitely. yeah yeah i think it's a, i think it's uh definitely a ninja thing to do so but i think you talked about it before like uh and you mentioned it briefly but i'd like to talk about it a little bit more how some of these stories are demystified like Turnbull, he wants to take by this book kind of a no-nonsense approach to to the ninja, get rid of the magic and that kind of thing. And uh, he talks about at the end of the book that it's one of the great, it's one of his greatest wonders, or something. Just paraphrasing that that it's necessary to create fiction about the ninja when they're awesome as they are. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? About, what do you think about the study of history and the demystification of
0: legend? What what? How do you feel about that? I mean, it's like, I don't mind because it's, uh, I mean, it's nice to be real. At the same time, it's nice. That doesn't mean that you need to throw the legend out. You can keep it as an awesome legend and make for great storytelling. And then you can go figure out what really happened. Now, figure out what really happened does not mean at all cost to figure out a way to demolish a beautiful story, even when the evidence is ambiguous. It just means being real. It's like, okay, this is the evidence we have that it did happen, or no, this is the evidence that we have that we definitely didn't happen, or this is the evidence we have why it's unlikely, but maybe. You know, those are all. If you just stick to the evidence without wanting it to be one way or another, it's probably best.
1: Yeah, I I think that you don't have to, like you said, you don't really have to get rid of the legend in order to when you dive deep into it. You might, you don't have to be disappointed. That the legend isn't "quote unquote" real because isn't it, it hi, part of history? Uh, inspiration, no matter what, where it comes from, right?
0: Exactly.
1: So I think that's a that's a cool part of history that that allows us kind of a drive. Oh, okay. Well, really, what really did happen? Um, but it is. It was a shock when I read that story about how how it might not have happened in the same way that he might have been just sick and died from some bowel disorder or
0: something Yeah, yeah <laughs> like so that. that's uh, my, my ninja, my dwarf ninja story. <laughs> uh, Thornball is saying, yeah, that probably never happened. And right. some evidence for why that probably never happened, which seems fairly convincing. But, right. uh, so, you know, um, you can have both. You can have, this is what likely happened, and this is how the story has been spun over time and uh, what the legend became.
1: I think that spinning of stories is important because we live in a a time when people talk about fake news. And fake news, I I, I don't know really what the definition of that is, but all news stories are spun because, you know, spun for entertainment, I think, is the biggest way. But they can be spun to the left and to the right. And it's up to us to kind of find out, they're creating legends in us to actually kind of figure out. Okay, what's the what's what's the facts here? Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a kind of a tall order for for uh,
0: modern society, don't you think? Definitely. That's why it's um, that's why it's kind of fun to explore because it's um, you know in many cases you don't know. In many cases, I mean, one of the things that I often do with History on Fire is uh, say, "Look, this is the way the story has always been told." Here uh, is why it may have not worked out that way, and what some other people suggest, and this is the evidence to argue that position um okay, now you have all the cards on the table. you pick what you wanna believe,
1: right, but I think it's important for people to actually think about what they really believe because it's so easy to be led down the garden path nowadays in modern times of course that, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it 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 begs a but I think it means that education is even more important, and studying history is even more important now because we actually—it's up to us to figure out how, out of all the tons of data we get, what's what what we what we think is real. And that's a
0: that's, a, that's yeah. A looking at evidence is a skill in itself because evidence—you uh, know—all sort of things could be considered evidence, but there is, there is good evidence, there is bad evidence, there is credible one, there is. So I think it's extremely important to have that skill to separate, particularly now when we get bombarded with 10,000 pieces of information. And one of the things that is happening today is that there's very much disagreement on what are legitimate news sources, legitimate pieces of evidence, and so everybody basically make up what they want.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not a, that's a bad place to be really. (laughs) Anyway, we got disrailed. Sorry, that was completely my fault. Um, Let's get back to the ninja here. When I read this book, when going into this book, it was really a discovery for me because I was really, through my studies in, in university, I was really looking for, I was very much interested in Japanese religion and feudal Japan, but mostly with samurai. I always wanted to learn more about samurai ethic and samurai duty and samurai honor. Yeah. And uh, so I always looked on the ninja kind of de- as lowly scumbags, basically that that kind of were dishonorable and, and 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 that kind of thing. But I think this book kind of changed my mind on that whole thing that they they, um, they didn't really deserve the again I, they didn't deserve the popular standing that they had in in po- uh, popular culture. But um, and I thought that they were dishonorable, but I think there was there's much to them much more to them than, than that. Did, did you
0: get a sense of that? or? I guess I've always started by the point of view that, uh, the opposite point of view, that samurai were rigid, amasses <laughs> masses bound by weird concept of honor, whereas the ninjas knew where it was at. So, you know, I come from the exact opposite starting point, where in my mind, the ninjas is how you get stuff done. So I, I don't know. I always, to me, War, by definition, is not an honorable enterprise. It's a, uh, you know what's honorable? Honorable is figuring out how the diplomacy beforehand to avoid a war. Once right. the game starts, it's an ugly business. So the ninja kind of game of using every trick in the book to get the job done with minimal loss of life, um, that fits my ideas in terms of strategy of what's appropriate, you know, the notion that we're going to square off in a big field and you are going to come with your army and I'm going to come with my army and we're going to all happily kill each other. And yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. And I I was always attracted by the ninja's sneaky effectiveness. That's
1: interesting. You know, I... Uh, my vision, maybe my vision of samurai. Well, I've totally, I I will totally say that my vision of samurai is is tainted. But my vision, whenever I think of a samurai, I think of, of someone sitting in a garden with a sword. You know what I mean? Like I hardly ever think of uh, of samurai actually doing battle. I think that that's where the you know train for war so you don't have to go to war type of thing. But but yeah, I dig it. I, I mean, definitely they were the guys that got things done. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, uh, they they were the ones that that did the hard bits that that the samurai couldn't lower themselves, and and I, I think that that was was really interesting uh, that I uh, I found out that there was an established history and and how they looked upon life and that kind of thing. But there is now, uh, I know that there was two clans that were samurai clans. Were there? I mean, the ninja clans. Were there more? Like, do, do you know if there was? Uh, um how many clans they were or what they
0: were i mean as far as my understanding was the, there were these two ones that you always hear about i'm sure that other people train their own because ultimately are talking about is not just that you need to learn from a ninja in order to become you know you start experimenting with unconventional tactics and you can come up with your own thing so in that sense i find that uh I think there was probably more to it, but again, one of the problems with doing uh, samurai, or rather ninja history, is the fact that by definition, the job of a ninja is to be as secretive as humanly possible. So if you are as secretive as humanly possible, your goal is obviously not to have too much information known about you, which Mm -hmm. makes digging up in their history extremely complicated. It's kind of like there's a line from Game of Thrones where I think one of the guys say if you're a famous smuggler, you're doing it wrong. You know? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you can't be a famous ninja. That's like a contradict that means you're a really terrible ninja. <laughs>
1: that's, <right. laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. The, um they were Definitely paid for their deeds though, right? So I guess maybe they needed some, somewhere to get the money coming in. They needed, yeah. they, they, they needed the, the the front guy to bring the money in. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Somebody to make the deal and then the greatest ninja is the one who got the job done and nobody ever <laughs> <rocked that>. Nobody <laughs> even knows that they are a ninja.
1: That's right. That's right. The guy that gets the money done, he's the guy that says, I'm the greatest ninja, but, uh, but he's being directed by the really greatest ninja.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> awesome. um, Turnbull talks a little bit of, the, of ninja spirituality, and, and I, I think the function of, of a lot of these Osprey books is that they're, they're small, so you can't really get too deep into it anyway. Um, but he does talk, I think this, this is the first time that one of uh, Osprey's books that we've read uh, does talk a little bit about how the ninja had to accept death even with more gusto than the samurai. Like they had to, they would be on a mission and even if they, you know, accomplished their mission, they'd be surrounded by pissed off samurai really. So there were right. chances of getting out. So what do you think of that? What do you think about that whole acceptance of death thing for for full samurai ninja i guess
0: i think it's just the nature of the business that's why going to war going into this kind of line of work means you need to become best friends with that because that's kind of an inevitable part of the not inevitable i mean people will walk home alive but there's absolutely no guarantee and it doesn't really matter how good you get. You are All you're doing is you're improving your odds. You're not really ruling them out. So if you don't want to deal with that, then uh, you need to figure out a way to spin, spend a happy, peaceful life away from it all. But if you are in that game of conflict, of warfare and stuff, it's an inevitable, it goes with the territory.
1: right. Yeah. And I think that we can take it. I think we can take it as something that we we all have. It's I mean it's ev- inevitable that when we cross a street, um, we might get hit. Right. Yep. So I think everyday life is like that too. I think maybe that's uh, that's actually strange because I was went to the UK once, and I was telling my buddy that I was having a hard time with the fact that there's cars were coming the the. Opposite way that they do in North America, and he looked at me. and said, "Terrorist, you know, you look both ways before you cross the street." And I was like, "Right, right." So I think that and that analogy is good for Ninja too. Like they're highly skilled, and and uh, but yeah, you you might never actually get out of where where you're at so yep. i think it's important to to see that and and, and uh i like that aspect of the book uh, how he mentions that a lot
0: uh, you're a bit sized ninja and you make your way out through the sewer and you have a good screenwriter <laughs> writing your story who protects you from
1: that's right see yeah you can cross the street through the sewer i never yeah. really thought of that option hmm. i don't know london sewers i think that might be a little bit scary yeah, you die in other ways. <laughs> uh, so uh, they, he 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 creates a whole bunch of different stories, of course, like a, a lot of these Osprey books do. Awesome stories. Is there any ones in particular um, that that struck strike you as interesting or fun?
0: No, well, I mean they're all good. My all time favorite, I told you, is that one. But uh, so that, that he does get into that one, and it's pretty cool. And there are a bunch of good ones, but that one is by far my
1: favorite. favorite. I I like the one with uh, Oda Nobunaga when he's surrounded by all his cronies and the ninja come in and they fire a whole bunch of large caliber weapons at him and and they all miss and kill everybody around him. Yeah, I thought that was a great image. I'd love to see that in a a cartoon or something like that. That would be perfect.
0: It is that cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, it's totally the
1: Bugs Bunny uh, in the center as Nobu, uh, Oda. Yeah. Um, I also really found it interesting that uh, the great unifier Tokugawa Iyasu had both houses under his thumb prior to Sekigahara. That when we talked about things about getting things done, that really speaks to that, okay, well, what really was he using them for, right?
0: Yeah. Just, you know, if you want to keep power, you, you know, you're not going to have, once you have gained it and you have unified the whole gig, a lot of it is espionage to squash any possible sign of rebellion before it becomes a real rebellion. So, in that sense, that's why he'll need probably ninjas more than samurai because he needs that information gathering work, espionage, and everything to make sure he never has to fight another battle.
1: Right, and and really, he had things under his thumb after that. It was it was pretty much after Gahara that was it. So I wonder if it, 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 I'm sure he probably used it both pre and post Gahara, But it, I find that I think that's really fast. I think that one really ah he got things done. Maybe even at, at Sekigahara, maybe things were getting done by ninja instead of samurai in a lot of ways. Because in a lot of ways, that battle wasn't as big and grand as we make it out to be a, in, in legend.
0: Also, right. Yeah, I think that's where to me it's fascinating about the ninjas, that that's really half of the work is uh, the information gathering, the sneaky individual assassination, the you know, the little touch that makes everything turn around as opposed to the big giant battle with 10,000 people.
1: Right. It's almost more artistic, which is very samurai like too in a lot of
0: ways. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put it in Daoist uh, terms, the samurai is very much Yang; is very much in the open and face, uh, face one another in this massive use of strength in, 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 a, in a full-on battle. And the ninja is very much in. You know, it's subtle, it's silent, it's acting in the shadows, but it gets the job done in an even more powerful way than what a whole army could do
1: yeah that's uh um that's a good point I, I like that i like the way that it's uh yeah i like that a lot actually actually it's funny because the uh, tokugawa his uh his use of them is is yeah that's that's elegant actually danielle thank you um that's perfect <laughs> um Oh, and gizmos—they have gizmos. Uh, he talks. Uh, Turnbull talks about gizmos. Tell me, what do you think of the gizmos and and how they got, used to get around in a whole bit?
0: Yeah, that's always fun, right? To from your clothes to climb walls that seem like impossible to climb, but you have these clothes that you put on your wrist that attach on. They they have a very much uh, James Bond type of style, where suddenly you press this button and this other thing pops up, and you have the. You know, that's always fun stuff, which again, it fits with the ninja, nothing is what it looks to be. So right. you have something that's masqueraded, something else, and you can transform it, and suddenly it reveals its true purpose. But wow. it only yeah. reveals it about three seconds before somebody's about to kill you, so it doesn't <laughs> find out. Now.
1: So your your first response is, wow, is that ever cool? And then, been... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that he talks about Ninja not being always in black that that they were uh, walking around as you know in costume a lot like as uh, puppet theater guys or as priests or whatever I like that whole I mean that was that's kind of obvious in a lot of ways but I like the fact that he discusses that because it's not always our vision of of uh, of Ninja so I I like I like that.
0: Yeah because, yeah, because I mean, being all dressed in black only makes sense if you're going uh, on a night mission, sneaking somewhere. In any other contest, you stand out. So obviously, that's not what you want to do. You want to look as ordinary as humanly possible. That's a ninja.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I is there any weapon that you like in particular? I really liked. I'll give you an example of one that I really liked. I really like the buckets uh, or. The shoes that they use to cross rivers and moats. I think about how much upper body strength or core strength that would have took yeah. uh, to get across a river in a bucket, like yeah. buckets on feet. That's crazy how much strength that would have took.
0: Yeah, those guys are our core, there's no argument. And uh yeah, their weapons in many ways are less flashy than the samurai. Right. Uh, but they are they're very cool because of the sneakiness factor.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, what about the art? Uh, what did you think of the art? As usual, you know, this is a cl- I think that's one of the cornerstone of Osprey books, that the art is always awesome. You know, art is always beautiful. It really gives you a visual for what, you know, because sometimes when you read, you can picture things in your head and it's fun, but some of these images are so well-drawn that it really gives you extra room to be able to picture it and not just you know there's more meat on the fire that way and the art is just beautiful there yeah
1: yeah i I really like the one plate with the ninjas going up the wall the the that one i really like coming across the river on on those shoes and then climbing up with their poles or their ladders or using their swords is to leap and then talk about how some of the secrets of ninja uh th- use like using your hilt of your sword to give you your boost over the wall like even that kind of thing and and i th- i think you're right i think it really comes to life as because they really do describe the the whole situation of how they got through visually also
0: um, i think there's one where there are ninjas who are tossing one of their friends over a wall oh, yeah that's right that's
1: right. That's a good one too, yeah, for sure. And the photos are really good, uh, talking about some of the photos in some of the museums that I'm definitely going to yeah. be stopping at. Um, what about, uh, did you ever, did you read the part, you must have read the part, when, when uh, they described the fake uh, assassination attempt and the gizmos at the, at the Ninja House. What did you think of
0: that one? Remind me one second of that one.
1: Yeah, so uh, there was this whole o- Ogawa Nagats- Nagatsuka. Nagatsuka. Uh, his house, uh, they give this fictional account. He, Turnbull gives this fictional account of of ninjas coming through the house and, and trying to kill uh, this Oga, uh, but he has a ninja house. And they couldn't get him because he, they were talking about all the flip stairs and everything like that. It was really interesting to see what a ninja house and how that works and so because i've been in a ninja house before and it's like oh those are kind of neat and everything but this his account of how the ninja house worked was really a great little story take it in if you if if you if you can for sure um what about oh okay i know uh, let's talk about I, I th- Do you have any disappointments or anything on, on the book? Did
0: you have any things that you, you liked in particular? No, I think it's because I like the topic enough. I would love to see this book being four times as long. But, you know, that's the nature of these Osprey books that are kind of quick bird-eye view, brief introductions, which are awesome for what they do, for what they are designed to do. In this particular case, you know, sometimes there's a topic that uh, I feel like, okay, I got the information I needed that's good enough on this topic. In other cases, I'm like, yeah, I would have liked to dive deeper. And it's no fault of the book itself, because it does what it's designed, it's just my particular fascination for the topic would make me want to read uh, a lot more, particularly on a topic like this one, where I know that reliable information is extremely hard to come by.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I I think that... um I think if I would would like to see a little bit more, I would like to hear more about ninja women. That would yeah. have been a little bit of extra thing because there clearly that was a. Why wouldn't you use that when the, when the world was run by men back there in samurai days, and they also he had pictures of a ninja rocket arrow, and that really fascinated me. But they didn't talk about the ninja rocket arrow because uh, yeah, and I, that was one of the. Uh, however, with that said, the, the book is totally. Uh, Well done. It was one of those things that you and I also often talk about stories, inspiration, but they're just great for bedtime stories. Like you read a story and then you can snuggle in and and think of
0: dream of ninjas through the night. Just uh, Basically how all my dreams work out.
1: (laughs) You're always dreaming of ninjas. Now, are you dreaming about the dwarf ninjas or are you dreaming like, where are you when you're, when you're, are you involved or you're watching
0: no, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm talking about the ninja thing in specific. I just do <laughs> notice that I do tend to have um, not exactly mellow dreams. Like uh, <laughs> when, when you watch Wind River that we were talking about, that's basically oh. like every other dream I have pans out. Oh no, oh, no.
1: yeah. You need, yeah. Uh, well, you need to drink some soothing tea and perhaps read uh, Calvin and Hobbes before you go to bed.
0: I know, man. They are just a tad intense. <laughs> oh,
1: all right well i think we covered uh, the ninja uh uh love the book it was a lot of fun lots of fun no, stories um and uh, anything else you want to talk about daniel
0: no i think that's it this was uh, uh i enjoyed it a lot and I, I enjoy i mean i know you do as well so i think we're gonna do probably a bunch of japanese topics in the future because they are i dig them
1: Sure. Um I think we're going to try to get a special guest on next time. I think maybe we'll do that. Uh we're having arranged time so I'm not going to give the name but we're going to try to inter- do an interview for the first time next time. Uh after that we've got a few lined up. Uh you've got an ancient Rome book that we're thinking
0: about. What uh, can you pronounce those guys again? Sure. The Etruscans. They are um, they are civilizations that was before, well, mostly before Rome and then contemporary of Rome and then kind of get eclipsed by the Romans. And they are sort of a mystery civilization of Italy because their language didn't seem related to the language of anybody around them. There's a whole theory that they may have come from Turkey and maybe connected with the whole legend of the end of the Trojan War. So there's there's a lot of fun stuff there
1: cool I I have no idea about when you suggested this book I was like I have no idea who that is but that's exciting to me because that's what history is all about I have no idea about that per- period of history all, that much now I get to read something that I have nothing known nothing about before so excited about that uh, maybe we'll cover British infantrymen there's a combat series in, in, uh, in Osprey also combat uh, British infantrymen versus Zulu warrior I'd like to do that Also, something that I've been interested in a long time is that that time in Africa, but I've never really read all that much. So again, the same thing. Um, So maybe we'll cover that. But uh, yeah, thank you very much again. Oh, you know what we should mention? If if you're listening to the podcast, you like it, go on the Freebooters iTunes, uh, leave us a good review. And if you haven't Listen to History on Fire. Or get over there and listen to that. Uh, Danielle puts on a great show there. Also like and, and uh give him a good review if you if you love that too. So and I think you will because Danielle is History on Fire is awesome. So um that's about it. Wait. Excellent. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening.